Uh, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Joseph, and I'd like to welcome you all to the second episode of Broken Nigeria. Well, this is actually not the um, actual second episode. There have been episodes before, but um, while, so, while I was away, some other episodes got deleted. Uh, I actually deleted one one of the episodes myself and the other ones got deleted due to certain information that was actually put up on those episodes I totally understand Um, I totally get that you know there are certain things that should not be divulged on um, podcasts especially the fact that I'm handling this is you know a podcast that handles uh, political stuff um on some basis, uh, I, I totally understand that. And honestly, I, I'm for it. You know, uh, one of the episodes that I actually deleted, well, actually deleted one episode myself, and that was the uh, interview I had with a friend about the Northern Crisis, and he gave a massive, in-depth analysis and a lot of information like it was quite educating about what's really going on in the north you know the causes of the problems and all and after a week i i had to delete it because of the um how things escalated and the fact that people who are really saying the truth about what's going on you know they were either getting arrested or being picked up by the security services here in Nigeria so I said you know I I, 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 was, I wasn't going to put someone in harm's way so I personally said that myself I've been away for, for a while I, I'm not going to pretend like I haven't been been away and um, you know to listeners I, I, I really do owe everyone an explanation uh before I started Broken Nigeria, I started a podcast called uh, The Blunt Experience. Broken Nigeria is still part of the The Blunt Experience. The idea was, you know, speaking my mind on certain things happening in the world. You know, it's it talks about you know sports, politics, you know, uh, entertainment, different things. With Broken Nigeria, I didn't decide to sell Broken Nigeria. With both Ni- Broken Nigeria, I you know, decided to focus about Nigeria. It started, it started well. Uh, the first episode was quite interesting. I think the first ep- episode is actually still on here. Uh, after, I think after, I think it was the episode six or so, I started developing, um, well, it was even actually before that, but I started noticing and it was actually really brought to my nose that you know I was becoming very angry and agitated and aggressive and what have you long story short my mental health was not what it normally is I'm normally a very cool calm and collective person and man I had to I had to take a step away 
because I, I, I already knew what, what the um, what the cause was. You know, handling podcasts, speaking your mind, and being a very passionate person. Like I'm, I'm very passionate about anything I do. I will not do anything if I'm not passionate about it. I, I don't do things for money. That's not the way I was raised. That's not the sort of person I want to be. Yes, it's nice to get paid. It's nice to earn money. But then, if your passion isn't in it, if people don't not even a matter of people not feeling your passion but if your passion is not into it then the good days and bad when the good days and bad days come you're not you're just not going to be able to hold yourself you know it's like when you when you hear part people with passion sing people passionate for music when they sing for instance even if they're singing to two or three people they will still go at it because man to them you know they're doing what they love and you know talking about you know such issues giving commentary and you know airing out my airing out my opinions and you know analyzing such things it's, it's part of you know things i love doing and so and i think i really went <laughs> i really let myself um i really immersed myself into it and i just said okay it's time to um, time to float and, and drown in it. So I took some time off, and um, yeah, uh, I I don't know if I want to say that I'm back. I don't want to make any promises, but I I'm better than before. Um, Excuse that. <laughs> this is a very how like how I put it. Um, it's one of those um, podcasts where like anything goes. I saw like life and nature. I'm not doing this in some studio or something. Uh, I'm actually you know doing putting out the uh, MVP, the minimal viable pro- products here, like very minimal minimal viable. You know. <sighs> Why did I come back at this point? I came back because there's a lot on my chest right now. When it comes to Nigeria, there's a lot on my chest. Recently, we, or rather, currently, we're having the uh, NSAS protests. I don't know if the protests are still going. I don't know if the protests are really truly going on or we're just having rioting. But more on that in a bit. Um, Currently, we're having the NSAS process. For anyone who is living on the rock and doesn't know what it's about, well, first and foremost, let's let's, let's analyze this a bit. SARS stands for, no, it's not not the disease, it's not the um, illness or the virus. SARS actually, here in Nigeria, stands for state... um, State Anti-Robbery Squad, yeah. It was formed in the, ni- in the early 90s and stuff and um, to combat crime, anti- uh, combat robbery, armed robbery, to be precise. Speaking from a, p- a personal perspective, from my personal experiences, like growing up, 
I've actually grown up knowing some SAS police officers. Why? Because I lived, I grew up in, and this is me getting personal. I don't like getting personal, but please indulge me because, you know, I think I need to really, really speak out here. I grew grew up knowing some SAS police officers, not just not because of privilege, not because of privilege, not just because of privilege, but because of the neighborhood that I grew up in. I grew up in the in the mainland. I'm not going to mention the exact place, but it was a middle class. It was an it was an it was a fast rising. Let me put it that way: a fast rising, fast developing middle class area on the mainland in, in Lagos. And because of that, it was kind of ripe for armed robbery. Uh, the rate of crime, the rate of armed robbery in that area was ridiculous. Like it got to a point that literally the robbers had houses on a schedule. Almost everyone knew when, if you were, for instance, at house 13, I'm not going to mention my address, what the address was or the current address there. If you were at house of 13, you would know when it was your turn and you would get ready for these guys. It's either you just don't be around on that day or rather that night or you just, you know, whatever you want to give them, get it ready. You know, that was how bad it was. It got to a point that we got so used to the robberies that even when guys were outside playing football at midnight and they're robbing a house and the police and these robbers come out and shoot in the air we're just like yeah okay can you not make noise we're trying to get we're trying to play a football game here <laughs> and they're just like oh okay fine no really literally it got to that point where we had gotten so used to it but question was you know how long how long was it gonna last and i think after a while, we managed. Uh, yeah, yeah, we actually managed to get a hold, uh, get the attention of uh, the poli- the police and stuff. And you know, they started having patrols on our streets. You know, they started like these South guys. They had started having patrols on our street. They started, you know, looking looking after us. And you know, even when the robbers came, these guys put themselves on the line. They put their lives on the line to defend us I've witnessed a couple of um, chases they've had I've seen a SARS guy on a a bike on a motorbike shooting and riding a motorbike at the same time I'm serious like I I witnessed that in life I I was laying flat on the ground (laughs) trying to make sure no bullet hits hits me and I just managed to get a sneak peek on this guy doing that and you know Elby's alive Great, I remember meeting him. Great guy. I hope he's still alive. I, I do. I doubt, to be honest, because man, that guy had a lot of bullet wounds on his body. But these guys, they put their lives on the line, you know, on a daily basis to keep us safe and keep us protected. And then when you look at where they live, how much they earn how they're being treated you begin to ask yourself like is that right is that fair what's going on the 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 police average police salary the starting police salary in nigeria is thirty six thousand naira 
36,000 naira, I think, 36,500 naira, if I'm not wrong. That's less than 100 at the current exchange rate, if we're to be honest about exchange rates. That is less than $100 a month. Less than $100 a month. As elected officials, the senators, House of Reps, you know, the governors, the presidents, the vice, you know, okay, they don't, they don't elect vice presidents here. You know, elected officials on the states and federal level earn far more than that. They earn, they actually earn more than a thousand dollars a month. So, in most cases, more than two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars a month. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm using the foreign exchange to really let people know what's what's going on in case I have listeners you know people still listening for outside Nigeria question is how do you tell people who you want to, you want to serve and protect to risk their lives how do you tell them to do that on a salary of less than a hundred dollars a month what can they actually afford in Nigeria with less than a hundred dollars. Nigeria is currently going through an economical problem where there is ridiculous, there's hyperinflation. Believe you me, we're, we're facing hyper, when I say hyperinflation, any proper economist will understand that prices of things in Nigeria are not what they should be, are actually higher than what they should be. Education in Nigeria is, of course, education in Nigeria is inaccessible to people who earn less than a hundred dollars. Um, quasi healthcare in Nigeria is inaccessible to people who earn less than a hundred dollars a month. Good food is inaccessible to people that, that earn a hundred dollars a month, and these people that earn less than a hundred dollars a month don't forget they have families to feed. They, they have families to feed. They, they, some of them have what, maybe three, four kids, a wife, and being that here in Nigeria we have this sort of um, society, you know, whereby where we're tight knit society whereby someone earning salary is expected to contribute to the welfare of their parents you know we, we have adults who are still looking over their aging looking after their aging parents so imagine how to that hundred dollars maybe they're going to have to i know give about 50 or 20 20 dollars to the for the upkeep of their parents how much is left by the time they're done paying bills how much is how much is actually left and then you put them, and then there's the accommodation. I've been to a police barracks, or police housing for the police. Let me put it in foreign terms. I've been to, to them, and trust me, I, I didn't want to stay there for. I didn't even want to get out of the car. Let me just put it that way. When you see the living the living conditions these guys are being put in you will ask yourself how you expect people earning less than a hundred dollars a month being put in such places to live living in such conditions how do you expect them to act normal they are living in places that even dogs dogs would not live there even the 
the wildest of dogs would not live in those places they are disgusting sanitation is poor the buildings are dilapidated oh my god i'm like are you kidding me it's like uh, i don't even know how best to paint the picture and then you see and then they come out of these places and they see the average guy you know dressed up well looking fly let me put it that way looking fly looking nice and then they look at themselves and look what they have to return to and you think they're not going to be angry i'm not giving excuses for their actions i'm not giving excuses for the extra judicial killings that they've been doing i'm not giving excuses for them beating up people or killing people uh, because that is what's caused these worker protests these south guys have been killing they've been torturing they've they've been doing all these things with such impunity and the youth have said enough is enough and that's what's caused this but I'm looking at it from let me I'm looking at it from you know their eyes. I'm coming I'm going to I'm going to come to the part of the youth because I have I, I trust me <laughs> I have a sad story to tell good and bad. But then, and then when they, these guys come out from their from their holes because honestly even a rabbit hole is more conducive than these places where they live and then they see the average Joe in Nigeria let me let me, let me narrate it down you know so in Lagos you see the average Joe in Lagos driving some bends or you know looking fly looking nice of course you're gonna, they're going to be angry of course they're going to act like animals and then they they happen to hold to you know have gone be armed with guns and bullets man they're going to vent they're actually going to vent in some way but hold on let's let's put that picture let's put a pin on that picture and let's come from the eyes of the youth because i'm one of them like i said i have a sad story to tell I remember my very first encounter with you. Well, personal encounter with these guys. I was treated, you know, I was I was in my teens for crying out loud. You know, coming back from school, my sister and I were treated like we were like we were robbers or something. You know, out of the car. What's that in your pocket? This is this that 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 you know told to open my school bag when the guy wasn't 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 comfortable when the guy didn't feel you know searching with my books inside was was uh, okay he emptied the bag kicked my books out uh, around on the floor where you coming from who are you and guess what i'm in, I'm in uniform and i'm being asked that question <laughs> I was in sixth form then. I was still. I was. We had this shirt we used to wear, and it clearly stated what school I was going to. And I was still asked, "Where am I coming from? Who, who am I? What do I do?" 
you know, with a gun pointed at me. And I'll be honest with you, I could, I could, I could barely say anything because I was, I was, I'll be honest with you, at the point I was almost about to piss myself. And I remember one of my dad's employees being with me and he was he was livid because well his older brother was a police officer who outranked this other guy and he was like seriously what the hell and at the end of the day what could what did the policeman say well he could be carrying drugs he could be a drug peddler Uh, man. and that's just one of many I've had incidents I, I, it's going to the point that if a gun gets pointed at me right now at this moment I, I won't even I won't even flinch like I won't even be scared because I've because it's it's not the first time <laughs> it's, it's not the first time it's not the second time it's not the third or the fourth I've had a member of my family being beaten and kidnapped by these guys. Being even robbed by these guys. I know how I've been, you know, stopped and extorted from by these guys. I'm just one of the lucky... I'm just one of the lucky ones that didn't get killed. That still have that still by the grace of God still has a future. So I understand the protests. I understand the protests. I understand why you know the youth have said you know enough is enough. I understand why, for what a week or two now they've gone pounding the pavements and shouting and you know raising their voices and what have you. What I don't understand is how they've gone about it. And that brings me to the major topic for today. Apologies that I've taken about 22 minutes to come to that, but I need to, you know, really let people know, give you a very good intro. The intro that I, that I hope is good enough for you guys. I hope it's the intro you deserve. How are they going about it? So let's, 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 talk, let's talk about let's talk about the protests. So the protests. I want to talk about the one in Lagos, the one I have actually witnessed myself at the Lekki Toll Gate. Um, so the protests, especially at the Lekki Toll Gates. Initially, I it felt organic, and it was organic. People had enough. My problem with the protests has been how it's being executed it's had no plan no structure no programming no uh, I'd say the worst of directions the most shallow of directions they say hashtag and SARS hashtag SARS must go after a while the government said okay we've ended SARS the IG then created SWAT, they're like, what the hell is that? 
the youth are like, what the hell is that? And swords. We don't want them. Let me start. Let me let me hit hit on that point. Would any salsa end in swords? Would it end cybercrime? Would it end robbery? Let me ask that question first. I'll, let me in case you guys don't can't seem to have an answer to that. No, it's not. It's not going to end, end robbery. It's not going to end cybercrime. Every I, I've put a call through to one or two people I know in um, in in uh, well I'm not going to say Scotland Yard in the UK police force and they said look every every police almost every police force around the world has some form of anti-robbery squad you know the guys with the guns that come out in case you know when there's something massive going on you know when there's actually like some bank robbery like the guys are armed and all that yeah these guys you know they, everyone has let me put it this way every almost every police force in the world in the advanced in the advanced world has a tactical unit so there's nothing wrong with nigeria having a tactical unit we should have one it's necessary especially with the rates of poverty and the rates of crime in this country i said poverty i'm coming to that poverty part now they say, oh, okay, we want five out of five. And, and I'm, I'm now hitting on the lack of organization here. This protest have been, have been organized and coordinated by Feminist Co, Feminist.co and some other groups. Kudos to them. They've, you know, they've, really, they've, they've looked after the people. Let me put it out, out that way. They've looked after the protesters at the toll gates. I want to, you know, narrow down on the toll gates because that's what the one the protest I've really witnessed firsthand. They've looked after them. Well done, kudos to you guys. Honestly, I'm not saying this sarcastically. I'm not going to say you guys did a great job, but you guys, you guys were all right. But then, but then there's my issue. You were just all right. What what's what's the direction it's going at? You're saying okay, Sars must go five out of five, five out of five. Five out of five. Five out of five. That's your demand. Five out of five. Ask if you ask ten protesters, put them in separate rooms. I'm not saying interrogate them, just put them in separate rooms and ask them what five out of five is. You will hear 10 different things. If you hear five out of five different things, no pun intended. And I'm not just saying out of some sort of um, hypothesis. I'm saying this because I've actually done, well, not, not put people in separate rooms, but I've actually asked more than 10 different people at the protest oh so what's five out of five because honestly i didn't know what five out of five was so i was hoping for an education and what i left was what i left with was a lot of confusion because i was like hold on so what is actually five out of five <laughs> because i don't understand anymore these people are telling me different things as to what five out of five is 
you know and i'm i'm looking like what so there, there actually isn't a clear you know agenda there aren't actually clear demands have these people actually stood on on the truck or stood on the stage and said hey this is our five out of five this everyone this is our five out of five did they actually meet and say hey this is what we're going to demand these are five out of five how much education has there been as to what their demands are yeah the, you know one of the things everyone said was yeah number one we want SARS to end yeah I, I got that from all, from all these guys what's remaining for it's lacks structure because clearly every day all they're doing is pounding pounding pavements and what have you it was only by what Thursday that there was some sort of form of structure and said some sort of uh should I say programming done okay we're doing this then Friday there was Muslim prayer um, Saturday there was the um, Friday there was Muslim prayer later at night there was the uh, candle vigil and later and the carnival like party that to me was highly unnecessary like oh, Jesus Christ they would say oh you know you need to keep people interested you said same people I'm sorry I'm, no, no, no offense, no offense, no offense. I've been in a protest myself. I was in a protest at my university, you know, in the U, in the UK. Jesus Christ, we did not need music and entertainment when we wanted something badly. No offense. Yes, fine. It's two different mentalities. Yes, we we we, we being the fact that we were university students, it meant that we were educated. But you know what? I'd rather have. 10 people I'd rather be in an army with just 10 people who are ready to live and die for a cause than to start entertaining a a thousand people who are just there for food and drinks I find it far more effective when there are smaller numbers who are really ready to do everything come rain, come sunshine, come come hell, high water hailstone whatever you want to throw at us we are ready to to work or to be that seven or ten or whatever number that are going to stand and make our and make our demands then hey we want to get thousand people and have i don't know strength in numbers no there's strength in ideas and there's strength in the heart heart and unity than in actual feeble fickle numbers i have to get that out because it pains me when I see fellow youth, and I'm going off script here. There's actually no script. There was just a mental. There's just a plan I had in my head, but I'm going to really knock that plan because this is really getting on my nerves. It pains me when I see youth throw away their opportunity, and we've continued doing that over and over and over again. We had Occupy Nigeria back in 2011. That was our chance. That was our opportunity. Hey, guess what? It turned into a concert. It turned into a celebrity gathering. Gathering. It turned into a social gathering, and hey, got hijacked. And after one week, yeah fuel subsidy we were protesting against the removal of fuel subsidy but hey guess what years later you know fuel fuel has increased 
from what OSU back then, 80 something Naira or something we're complaining about. Now it's about 100 or something. And hey, how far did those protests happen? That was our chance to actually get things changed. Didn't happen. We threw it away. Now, once again, we had this chance to actually bring up change when change was desperately needed. Like when I say desperately needed, oh Lord, this country needs change. And here we are, we've thrown it away, demanding five out of five with protests that had no structure, no planning, no no leadership because they said they didn't want any leader they wanted to be faceless but hey guess what when guess what when in the 21st century even businesses that try to be faceless know that they have to put faces even even if it's not a face they need to put faces to it even if it's a face faces of their customers even if it's faces of their employees they need to put faces to it they need some sort of leadership they need a core an inner caucus a core of people they don't need to be so many people does it's definitely not one person they don't need to be so many people people that sit down and say hey you know we're the ones organizing we're the ones planning it where to go if anything happens we're ready to be the martyrs of this the black movement had it in America back in the time of Martin Luther King. It's why we knew Martin Luther King. It's not why we knew so many people who, who were guys like Malcolm X and so many people who were ready to put their lives for it. They were ready to risk their lives for it. No matter what, they were ready to be jailed. They were ready to speak up. Every meaningful movement needs leaders. Even the Israelites, when they when they came out of Egypt, hey, guess what? They had they had Moses. The twelve tribes had their own had their representatives. Should I go on? Should I go on, guys? Seriously, should I should I go on? But in the end, hey, guess what? You guys don't want to, you don't you want leaders. You don't want you want to face us movements. I I don't I don't understand that. And then their demands five out of five. I, I keep saying the more I keep saying that five out of five, the more it actually upsets me. But then it's the truth. Five out of five. Five out of five. Even if there's a five out of five, the five out of five is still missing out on the main problem. On the main problem that is going wrong with this country. Let me give you guys the real problem. The real problem with this country. We're in an AI age and we're operating on an analog manual it's like we're using these days we have android and ios phones and we're still using we're trying to operate these phones with a manual we're using for landlines in case anyone listening to this isn't smart enough to understand what i'm talking about our 1999 constitution is old is outdated is as if i is as old as outdated as the people governing us and no one seems to understand that <laughs> we, we, most countries reform their constitutions make amendments to the, to the cause of the constitutions every four, four or five years they don't operate in such old outdated constitutions we started ah man seriously how we missed the I'm not going to say we because honestly I, I've known this for a very long time so but so I'm going to say they how they missed that I don't understand 
the old constitution, the 1999 constitution, yes, it's had, you know, certain amendments, but it's had, but then the amendments are just scratches, uh, uh, mere scratches on the surface. The core of the constitution, the entire constitution needs to be scrapped and a new one implemented, brought in and implemented. Because that is the biggest problem in our country, it's that constitution that allows elected officials in both federal and state level, even local government level, to earn such exorbitant amounts. It's what lets them to do things unchecked, little transparency, little or no accountability. It's what gives them so much power to dip their hands into our cookie jar and live and drop, I don't know, I, I won't even call them crumbs particles to drop particles down towards the masses down towards the police officers down to, it's, it's the reason why these guys in power are earning thousands of dollars if not millions of dollars and you know they have access to millions of dollars and the police officer who's guarding them is earning less than a hundred dollars like the, the, it's, it's what creates that disparity it's what creates that poverty it's it, the constitution current nigerian constitution has enabled some sickening levels of poverty and impunity in this country not to mention corruption so if you're looking for your five out of five let me give you one out of one Ask for the constitution, present constitution, to be scrapped. Ask, worst case scenario, let's ask for a referendum vote. You know, worst case scenario, hey, you know, if you guys think, you know, we, this is not really our common voice, you know what, educate the people on what the constitution is about, what the constitution is causing, then ask for a referendum vote. Tell the no- people, the, the uneducated people in the north, that listen. The reason why you you don't have education, access to good education, the reason why your lives are not better is because of this constitution. And that's the truth. The constitution does not give the common man as- access to quality basic education. Doesn't give them access to quality basic healthcare. Doesn't give them access to a quality and basic life. doesn't give them access to any of that what it has caused is that hey only if you have money only if you have money in big amounts only if you're in the corridors of power or have links to power that you will get you would hope you'll be able to hope or dream or have any sort of foot through the door to get any of these That's your one out of one. Ask for the constitution to be changed. Demand the constitution be be changed. And when when that happens, demand that you get a seat on the table. Hey, you know what? We're gonna have a table of 10. You guys bring your five, we're going to, you guys bring your best five, we're going to bring our best five, have professionals around to advise, 
to give advice. You, know, you guys have your own professionals. We have our professionals to, to advise on different things on constitution, the you know the parts affecting the economy, the, the parts affecting governance, the, the parts affecting healthcare, the parts affecting education. We will draw up a new constitution within a certain timeline and implement it within a certain time frame, ready for 2003 or if not if I say 2003 excuse me ready for 2023 if not 2022 implemented before 2023 because 2023 is our next election implemented before 2023 so that should even the devil and his minions decide to run for election hey when they get into power which because yeah I mean here it's it's Nigeria man (laughs) when he gains the power they realize that they're going to realize that hey we can't end one with what we want to earn we can't just do what we want to do we need we need to follow the manual or else there's just no point it's not going to work for us a country should run on its constitution should should run on his constitution and not run based on the person who's on power and that's the problem with this current constitution it's it's running on the ideals or the um the demands or the mind of the person in power and that is wrong that is why nigeria cannot move forward my fellow youths that's your one out of one it's what would it's not what it will end SARS, it's what will end corruption, it's what will reduce poverty, it's what would 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 stop police officers from being from being poorly paid, poorly tra- poorly trained, poorly equipped, poorly treated. Imagine you were in their shoes, man, you you, you would do worse. That's just the truth. It's what will make police officers even more accountable. It's what will make everyone in power or with any power accountable. That's your one out of one. You can thank me later. Most people are not going to agree to this. Most youth are going to keep pounding the pavements and what have you. But trust me, it's also a constitution that has refused that has refused you some sort of enlightenment or education that has blinded your eyes. Change it. That's your goal. That's our goal. If not, our children, I promise you, will, when they come of age, well, I don't have kids right now, hopefully you know we'll have soon but trust me if we don't do this change now our kids when they look back and they hear that in 2020 these guys had the second chance and they blew it man they will look down on us they will think we're stupid I have younger younger you know siblings <clears throat> who are very educated and very enlightened and they are looking up to us trust me they are looking up to us to make that change to give them a better platform 
should we fail them should we fail the younger generation that we are no no we are no better than the older generation that we continue to blame for our problems i'm going to leave it at that but what for the wise and this last thing i'm going to say before before i thank you all when ideals don't meet reality when a stone is being thrown into an ocean with hope that it creates some sort of massive ripple then all that is just nothing but delusion thank you all for listening i'm very grateful for your for your time i hope i've made some sense good morning good afternoon and good night